Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. During your flight training, you spend a lot of time training on what to do if something goes wrong. After you get your private pilot certificate, you can rent airplanes from a school or a flying club and fly almost anywhere, whether that be locally around town, um, in the practice area, or going on a long cross country, which we're going to kind of touch on today. The thing is, you don't get trained on what to do when something goes wrong far away from home. Sometimes your instructors may mention it or, or something like that, but it happens not so often. So what do you end up doing? Today on the Aviation Mentors Podcast, we're talking about what happens when a plane breaks down and you're nowhere close to home and you don't know what to do. We're going to give you some ideas and prep you a little bit for what to do when this happens to you in the future. Because the odds are if you fly a lot and if you continue flying, it's going to happen at some point. Even if you're in the airlines and working uh, for an airline as a, as a captain or a first officer, sometimes you get stranded that way too. Uh, sometimes airplanes break at little little airports and they have to get fixed. So today we're going to talk all about that. Yeah, in aviation, things happen all the time. No matter how well you might do a pre-flight inspection on an airplane, things can still break in your flight. And while we're not talking about in-flight emergencies, what happens when you're 500 or 1,000 miles away from home and you find your plane leaking oil or have another issue, serious or otherwise? And there's always that external pressure that you have to get home. You always feel like you have to be at home, get back to the airport. You don't want to ruin the flight or ruin the next person's uh, schedule. But you have to put safety over any other pressure that you're feeling. And one of the most important things you can carry in your flight, this is actually something that Cliff asked me in my check ride, my DPE. He said, what's the most important thing you can have on you, uh, on you when you fly? I was like, oh, I don't know, my headset, you know, my, my license, my, my Aerodox. Uh, he was like, no, your credit card. He's like, that way, you know, if you get stuck somewhere, you can get a hotel, you can get a car to come back. You're not stranded. And it really relieves that pressure off of you. Uh, Brandon, have you ever gotten stuck somewhere you know, far away from home due to maintenance? Unfortunately, this has happened to me a lot of times. <laughs> I'm going to touch a few on a few of them today, uh, but I'm sure it's going to happen again and again and again uh, because maintenance just happens. Uh, and one one of the first times was actually on my way to Oshkosh. Uh, actually, there were several times, but on my way to Oshkosh, I had an oil issue on a Baron I was flying and it ended up being a oil cooler that was leaking and I forgot what we did to fix it. I think we replaced the oil cooler, uh, but this oil cooler was leaking and it was just a steady, slow leak, um, but we could see it, it leaking. And actually by the time we got to Oshkosh, it was leaking like a quart of oil every like hour or maybe even less than that. It was pretty bad. Uh, so we actually ended up finding someone to put on a new oil cooler for us at Oshkosh. They do have an emergency maintenance team there, which I utilized this one particular year. I think this was 2018 or 19 and they actually fixed it for me. Uh, but I could have been in a really sticky position if we were at a different airport in the middle of nowhere. Cause we stop in airports with no maintenance facilities uh, hundred miles away from other mechanics, like things like that happen. So luckily we were able to make it all the way to Oshkosh. Uh, if that oil leak was any, if it was any worse, we wouldn't have been able to stop or we wouldn't have been able to make it all the way to our destination. Uh, just like some other issues, I've had a 172 that I took to Las Vegas and it had radio issues. Um, and I took it to McCarran. So if you have radio issues at McCarran, guess what? They are not going to let you uh, leave out of there. So I actually had to uh, leave the airplane there and I actually airlined back home. 
uh, which luckily I think was only like a hundred bucks or 150 bucks to take an airline back home. But it was still kind of a pain because that meant I had to airline back out there again to go uh, pick up the airplane uh, a couple days later. And uh, we had we had a maintenance guy, I forgot who exactly fixed it, but essentially they swapped out the radio and put a new radio in and it fixed the problem. Um, but that can happen. Uh, another time, which I think I talked about a little bit on a previous episode, was actually flying the Icon back. Um, weather turns into a really big problem. And weather will get you stuck in so many different places. I know when I was flying back uh, in the Icon, because I took it all the way basically from South or central Florida, uh, all the way to Southern California, I, in, I encountered a lot of different weather and that little light sport airplane, it can't take a lot of weather. You can't fly IFR. Um, so I actually got stuck at a few airports. I had to wait out weather for a couple hours, several times. And then one time I actually got it to, uh, to, to Winslow, Arizona, uh, which is a great little city. And I got stuck there. I figured, oh, I can wait out this wind. Uh, the wind was just horrid. I mean, it was probably one of the worst wind events I've ever been in in my life. Uh, landing this airplane basically sideways, and the airspeed was coming alive, and wings were were coming up off the ground while I was taxiing. Um, I learned a lot flying a, a little tiny light sport on that airplane. So I ended up having to stay there. I thought I could only stay there for a few hours because I was really, really trying to get home that night. Uh, and I was only like, I don't know, four or five hours away from home. Uh, in the icon. So it was within my reach. I only had, I think two or three more stops to go and I would have made it home. I would have made it to Lake Havasu at least, which is where I wanted to go play on the water uh, for a couple hours. So I didn't quite make it to Lake Havasu that day. I, I tried and I tried to wait it out. And I finally just said, Oh, I'm giving up. Um, I'm going to go, go get a hotel and I'm staying the night. So I actually got to the hotel at like four or five o'clock after hanging out in the airport almost the whole day. And I ended up uh, getting to the hotel and I just, I ordered some DoorDash and I just went to bed early. And after I went to bed early, I woke up as early as I could. I already had a prearranged uh, Uber. They didn't really have Uber in that, that area, but this guy was like a private driver for people from to and from the airport and super nice guy. He picked me up in his old beat up pickup truck and I paid him 25 or 30 bucks. And he brought me back to the airport, I think at five or six in the morning. Uh, he was a real early riser, which was really nice. And he got me straight over to the airport uh, and dropped me off. And I pre-flied the airplane and I got out of there right after the sun came up. It was fantastic. Outside of that, there's been multiple times that I've flown across the United States, either ferrying airplanes or going to Oshkosh or all, all sorts of different places. And you always are going to get stuck for weather, especially if you're like Carson and you're not IFR rated. So at some point, you have to get your IFR rating to get you out of some situations. But even being an IFR rated pilot, you might not be able to get out of them. If you have a uh, low level icing or conditions that you just can't even fly IFR in your airplane because you're not FICI certified or, or something like that, those are all pretty good reasons to stay parked or leave the airplane for a couple days and come back. I mean, if it's your own personal airplane, it might even be easier. You can leave it in another state, fly home, come back. But to Carson's point, having your credit card with you, that's a pretty, pretty good idea. Um, you're going to need it. You're going to have to use it at some point just to get yourself uh, either a hotel or an airline back home. So it's, uh, it's a pretty fantastic idea. And your DPE was very smart in suggesting that. And I've been lucky enough to not get stranded yet. Um, maybe I'm just a better pilot than Brandon, or maybe I just don't fly as far as Brandon or as many different planes. But I have been the, uh, the rescuer to go and help my friends that did get stuck. 
and they end up down Oceanside, not too far away, maybe an hour flight uh, if you're in a, a slow plane. And they were down Oceanside with a flat tire, no mechanic, or the mechanic there just didn't want to help. And I flew down there to pick them up. But Brandon, what do flight schools, flight clubs that rent the airplanes typically do for this kind of scenario? It really depends on the club or the the flight schools, like policies and procedures. Um, so I would ask that actually when you go start learning how to fly with somebody. Uh, there's lots of different things that schools do. Um, I know schools that I've that I went to. One of them, uh, you get stuck there. Well, you got to pay for your own airline back. You got to pay um, for everything. And if you leave the airplane there, you had to pay um, for all the days that it misses out on flying. You had to pay for everything. Um, I didn't agree with all of those points. I thought it was fair that I had to I had to pay to get myself home. I thought it was fair that I would have to pay for the time that I spent on the airplane. Um, but there's some other other things. Uh, some schools will do everything in their power to go pick you up, uh, with a different airplane to bring a mechanic on staff to go fix it for you and, and all these things. Uh, but don't be in a hurry. You're probably going to be stuck there for a little while, especially if you have a flat tire or, um, you have an oil leak or, or something of, of that nature happens. You're going to be either stuck there for a little while, or you're going to have to go, go home. Uh, but a lot of other, other schools will, We'll call up maintenance and try to get that the maintenance on the field if you're lucky enough to have a maintenance staff on the field to fix the airplane for you. And sometimes they can do what's called AOG, which means aircraft on ground. And normally um, mechanics will charge an extra fee, like $250 call out fee or something, just to come look at the problem and see if they can come to a, a quick solution on it. Um, and that's for a small airplane. I mean, jets, they've got AOG fees. I've heard of $10,000 before. Uh, so there's a bunch of different ways that it could pan out. I highly suggest you ask your school what their policy is. If you go to a, a large, well-respected school, they're probably going to have a, a rescue policy. Uh, and if it's a, a little mom and pop uh, flight school, the rescue policy might not be uh, that fantastic. So make sure you have that conversation with them and make sure you find out what their rescue policy is. And that way you're not stuck somewhere and you don't know what to do and you're not the one calling all the maintenance mechanics and trying to get it fixed when it's not even your airplane. Yeah. It's stressful for everyone involved when things don't go right in a flight, especially when you're far away from home. But the important thing is that you're ready for any issue as a pilot in the air or on the ground or even far away from home and being prepared to be stuck somewhere or for something going wrong, something not working right, or just anything not going according to your plan is really part of planning for a, a cross-country flight. Yeah, that's the reason why I actually fly into mostly larger airports, Carson. Uh, like whenever I'm going into Albuquerque area, I refuse to go to Double Eagle or any of the other places. I go to Albuquerque. Their fuel is like a dollar or two dollars more, but it's worth it for the safety margin if you have a problem. And actually speaking of a problem at Albuquerque airport, I actually had a brake problem. A brake went out on a Cessna 340 that I was flying. And luckily we landed there and it was super hard to taxi. But somehow we got it to the FBO and they had a mechanic. We actually had to spend the night in Albuquerque and they had a mechanic fix it overnight or the next morning. And we ended up getting out like the following day, about halfway through the day. So I always plan on going to large airports just for that reason. And I highly suggest everyone goes to a large airport. But if you would like to reach out to either one of us, you can reach us at Twitter or Instagram. You can reach me at Mr. Martini Guy, or you can reach Carson at Carson underscore AV17. And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. Thanks, guys.